Chapter Three of Peter Simple. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. Peter Simple by Frederick Marriott. Chapter Three. I am made to look very blue at the blue posts, find wild spirits around, and soon after hot spirits within me. At length my spirits overcome me, call to pay my respects to the captain, and find that I had had the pleasure of meeting him before, no sooner out of one scrape than into another. When we stopped, I inquired of the coachman which was the best inn. He answered that it was the blue postesses, where the midshipmen leave their chestesses, call for tea and toastesses, and sometimes forget to pay for their breakfastesses. He laughed when he said it, and I thought that he was joking with me, but he pointed out two large blue posts at the door next the coach-office, and told me that all the midshipmen resorted to that hotel. The coffee-room was full of midshipmen, and, as I was anxious about my chest, I inquired of one of them if he knew when the wagon would come in. "'Do you expect your mother by it?' replied he. "'Oh, no, but I expect my uniforms. I only wear these bottle-greens until they come.' "'And pray what ship are you going to join?' "'The Diamaid.' captain thomas kirkwall savage the diomede i say robinson ain't that the frigate in which the midshipmen had four dozen apiece for not having pipe-clayed their weekly accounts on the saturday to be sure it is replied the other why the captain gave a youngster five dozen the other day for wearing a scarlet watch-ribbon pon my soul i pity you you'll be fagged to death for there's only three midshipmen in the ship now all the rest ran away didn't they robinson there's only two left now, for poor Matthews died of fatigue. He was worked all day and kept watch all night for six weeks, and one morning he was found dead upon his chest. "'God bless my soul!' cried I. "'And yet on shore they say he is such a kind man to his midshipmen.' "'Yes,' replied Robinson. "'He spreads that report everywhere. Come, sit down with us and take a glass of grog. It will keep your spirits up.' I am sorry to state that the midshipmen made me very tipsy that evening." I don't recollect being put to bed, but I found myself there the next morning with a dreadful headache, and a very confused recollection of what had passed. I was very much shocked at my having so soon forgotten the injunctions of my parents, and was making vows never to be so foolish again, when in came the midshipman who had been so kind to me the night before. "'Come, Mr. Bottlegreen,' he bawled out, alluding, I suppose, to the colour of my clothes. "'Rouse and bit. There's the captain's coxswain waiting for you below.' by the powers you're in a pretty scrape for what you did last night did last night replied i astonished why does the captain know that i was tipsy i think you took devilish good care to let him know it when you were at the theatre at the theatre was i at the theatre to be sure you were you would go do all we could to prevent you though you were as drunk as david's sow your captain was there with the admiral's daughters you called him a tyrant and snapped your fingers at him why don't you recollect you told him that you did not care a fig for him oh dear oh dear what shall i do what shall i do cried i upon my honour i'm sorry very sorry indeed replied the midshipman and he quitted the room looking as grave as if the misfortune had happened to himself i got up with a heavy head and heavier heart and as soon as i was dressed i asked the way to the george inn i took my letter of introduction with me although i was afraid it would be of little service when I arrived, I asked with a trembling voice whether Captain Thomas Kirkwall Savage 
of the hms diomede was staying there the waiter replied that he was at breakfast with captain courtney but that he would take up my name i gave it him and in a minute the waiter returned and desired that i would walk up oh how my heart beat i was never so frightened i thought i should have dropped on the stairs twice i attempted to walk into the room and each time my legs failed me at last i wiped the perspiration from my forehead and with a desperate effort i went into the room mr simple i am glad to see you said a voice i had held my head down for i was afraid to look at him but the voice was so kind that i mustered up courage and when i did look up there sat with his uniform and epaulets and his sword by his side the passenger in the plaid cloak who wanted to open my letter and whom i had told to his face that he was no gentleman i thought i should have died as the other midshipman did upon his chest i was just sinking down upon my knees to beg for mercy when the captain perceiving my confusion burst out into a laugh and said so you know me again mr simple well don't be alarmed you did your duty in not permitting me to open the letter i give you credit for your conduct now sit down and take some breakfast captain courtney said he to the other captain who was at the table this is one of my youngsters just entering the service we were passengers yesterday by the same coach he then told him the circumstance which occurred at which they laughed heartily i now recovered my spirits a little but still there was the affair at the theatre and i thought that perhaps he did not recognize me i was however soon relieved from my anxiety by the other captain inquiring were you at the theatre last night savage no i dined at the admiral's there's no getting away from those girls they are so pleasant i rather think you are a little taken in that quarter no on my word i might be if i had time to discover which i liked best but my ship is at present my wife and the only wife i intend to have until i am laid on the shelf well thought i if he was not at the theatre it could not have been him that i insulted pray mr simple how are your father and mother said the captain very well i thank you sir and desire me to present their compliments i am obliged to them now i have a little advice to offer you in the first place obey your superior officers without hesitation it is for me not you to decide whether an order is unjust or not in the next place never swear or drink spirits the first is immoral and ungentlemanlike the second is a vile habit which will grow upon you i never touch spirit myself and i expect that my young gentleman will refrain from it also now you may go and as soon as your uniforms arrive you will repair on board good morning i quitted the room with a low bow glad to have surmounted so easily what appeared to be a chaos of difficulty but my mind was confused with the testimony of the midshipman so much at variance with the language and behaviour of the captain when i arrived at the blue posts i found all the midshipmen in the coffee-room and i repeated to them all that had passed when i had finished they burst out laughing and said that they had only been joking with me well said i to the one who had called me up in the morning you may call it joking but i call it lying pray mr bottlegreen do you refer to me yes i do replied i then sir as a gentleman i demand satisfaction slugs in a saw-pit death before dishonour damn me could not the affair be arranged otherwise interrupted another will not mr bottlegreen retract my name is simple sir and not bottlegreen replied i and as he did tell a falsehood i will not retract then the affair must go on said the midshipman robinson will you oblige me by acting as my second it's an unpleasant business replied the other you are so good a shot but as you requested i shall not refuse 
Mr. Simple is not, I believe, provided with a friend. Yes, he is, replied another of the midshipmen. He is a spunky fellow, and I'll be his second. It was then arranged that we should meet the next morning with pistols. I considered that, as an officer and a gentleman, I could not well refuse, but I was very unhappy. I went up into my room and wrote a long letter to my mother, enclosing a lock of my hair, and having shed a few tears at the idea of how sorry she would be if I were killed, I borrowed a Bible from the waiter and read it during the remainder of the day. End of chapter 3